This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance Plus, save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and today we're cleaning up the place to welcome the financial editor of the Today Show, Gene Chatsky. Plus, could you be taking advantage of the market volatility? During our headlines, we'll cover why the number of homeowners refinancing their mortgages soared this month. Then, during the Haven Lifeline, with mortgage rates low, does it make sense to refinance? As always, we'll make sure to save some time for my trivia. And now, two guys who have loved having a reason to stay inside. It's Joe and O-J-J-J-J-G. It's always more fun to stay inside when you're not forced to stay inside. It's like an extended snow day. It is. It's, I wish it were a snow day, but it really, it's a whole new world there, my friend. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Monday. A whole new world. That's it's where like, it's we'll like be. Uh, Aladdin. It's, it's a, where we'll be. Yeah, that is so romantic. This one smells like old pizza and uh, somebody who needs to shower. Just saying. Uh, welcome to Monday at the Stacky Benjamin Show. You ain't got to shower if you ain't got to go anywhere, baby. <laughs> I'm a conservationist I now. Just, I I get that loud and clear. I got it all morning and not 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 great. By it's the way, right in your face. If you want to find some talent, 
to help with that new website that you're starting because you got all this free time at home. Got to say big thanks to Fiverr for supporting Stacky Benjamin. So easy to find freelance talent for your business or product. Don't waste any more time. Get 10% off and the service you deserve by going to FIVERR.com. Then use code SB. Gene Chatsky is coming down to the basement. Notice how far away we've set the chairs, though. OG. Hello over there. I know. There. We're going to talk financial planning and women. However, if you're the same sex that OG and I are, there's a lot here that's for both sexes. So Gene coming down to the basement. But first, we've got a couple of headlines, maybe a couple headlines. So let's get this party started. Hello, darlings. And now it's time for your favorite part of the show, our Stacking Benjamin's Headlines. In our first headline, this comes to us from CNBC. There's always a silver lining. We'll classify this OG under there's always a silver lining. Little uh, lemons and lemonade here. IRS extends tax filing deadline to July 15th as coronavirus spreads. Munition says this is written by Dan Mangan and Darla Mercado. Uh, the IRS is extending the federal income tax filing deadline to July 15th as part of a growing effort to stem the financial pain from the coronavirus pandemic. Treasury Secretary Steve Munition announced Friday. The move gives Americans three months more than they normally would have to file their income tax returns for the 2019 tax year without incurring interest or penalty. So, OG, good news for those people that are usually working feverishly on April 14th. They can still work feverishly on April 14th, but now they're going to actually be three months ahead. Just like filing your income taxes in January. <laughs> Early's on time. Uh, you always had the choice to file an extension, and I think a lot of people might have considered doing that. But now the good news is not only do you have the time to automatically do your taxes without having to do an actual extension form, but you also have an extension to pay, which yeah. is fantastic. So... Well, and initially the government, as you know, maybe a lot of our listeners don't know, initially the Treasury came out with a deal where people were still going to have to file by April 15th, but because of all the financial concerns that everybody has, you weren't going to have to pay till July 15th. And you and I, you know, when we didn't have the recorder running, we were taking bets on the over under on how many people were going to just not file because they thought they weren't going to have to. So this just yeah. completely takes care of that confusion makes everything all lined up, right? But if you think you're going to get a refund, don't wait until July. No. Get your stuff done now. Man, especially with the job insecurity people have now, the the tough stuff um, just across the marketplace. Get your toilet paper early. Get your tax refund early. And I think that if there's any sort of stimulus income that's coming, it's going to be largely based on your tax return, right? So if you have a big difference between one year to the next, especially of last year. So 2019, especially if your income was lower last year, I think you want that on the record for the IRS to look at or for the government to look at if they're going to be issuing, you know, some stimulus checks in the near future. If you had another kid, for example, you know, you want to get that kind of on, on the books yeah. <laughs> if you can. So, so you get the right benefits if you're supposed to get them. Let's actually, I'm sure you and I are going to talk about the stimulus check again in the future. I'm sure, I'm sure we will when we actually have definitively what the heck's going to happen there. But this OG, I think should be another shot across the bow for people. Take that seriously, man. I remember the last time people got a stimulus check back in what, 2008, I think, uh, the government hand off some, what was that? Was that TARP? Yeah. Stimulus checks. Remember how that did nothing. No, TARP was for the banks. That's right. That's right. But they did have a stimulus check that all Americans got. 
And remember what you and I were talking about back then, people were going to blow it. And what largely happened? People blew it. And but that's uh, what the government wants people to do. Well, yeah, but you didn't even see that. That, that didn't remember that ended up being like a speed bump. It didn't end up being anything. It didn't really help. It didn't do. So don't do what the government wants you to do. Use that as a way to begin either paying off some of your debt, finally get an emergency fund. I feel really bad for people that are losing their job and don't have an emergency fund. That's Those are the first people just taking the hit here. Well, hopefully they get this all sorted out and people are supposed to get some help, get their help. And, you know, we can all stay at home for a couple of weeks. It's like Christmas break, you know, <laughs> you get to get this over with. We can all get back to work, right? How long do you think it's going to take for people to get a routine around home? A week, two weeks? I mean, before, oh, I don't know. before I'm, you get I'm, back into some type of a general routine. I don't know. No, it's a, that's going to be an interesting uh, social experiment as well. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. In our second headline, this comes to us from Yahoo Money. and it, I'm giving you a hug from six feet away, Joe. <laughs> here's, here's, here's a hug. Written by Dara. It's a big, warm hug. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Written by Dara Singh. Coronavirus fears creating a mortgage refinancing boom. As fears over the coronavirus grew, so did the opportunity for homeowners to lock in lower mortgage rates. The number of mortgage refinance applications jumped 26% last week versus the previous one, according to a weekly index from the Mortgage Bankers Association, was more than triple the volume of 224% compared with a year ago. I've had unprecedented volume come through with my phone constantly ringing, said Scott Sheldon, senior loan officer at Sonoma County Mortgages. I have about four times as much volume refinancing. Here's the thing, guys. Let's talk about what's going on here. The Federal Reserve completely unloaded their gun moving interest rates from uh, uh, down to between zero and a quarter percent. Those interest rates, just to tell you guys how this works, those interest rates are not mortgage rates. They're not mortgage rates. Those are the Fed controls one little tiny interest rate, and it's these very short-term microloans that banks take so that they can stay solvent. They, they borrow money very quickly back and forth. The Fed is the centerpiece of that exchange of cash and those micro. So when you hear zero and a quarter percent, that has only tangentially something to do with mortgages. And I feel like, oh, gee, a lot of people don't understand that piece, number one. Yeah, you're not going to get a zero percent mortgage. That doesn't exist. Keep in mind, these are transactions between the biggest financial institutions in the world, the most capitalized institutions in the world, the federal government and these really large banking institutions. Who's the better credit risk, the federal government or you? So the federal government or JP Morgan Chase or you, well, JP Morgan is. So every time you add a layer of risk, you add a layer of interest rate exposure. And the reason that your interest rates on your house are lower, for example, than the interest rates potentially on your car is because you're more likely to go into default over your car than you would over your house. And then you keep going down that line and you go, well, why is it that my credit cards are at 20% and my car's at six and my house is at three? Well, again, if you're going to default on something, you're going to default on your credit cards first. So every time you add a layer of risk, every time you add a layer of insolvency opportunities, if you will, for, for the person that's making the loan you add another notch of interest. So you're not getting 0% loans. That doesn't exist in the real world. The the thing that people are overlooking is that this is not just an opportunity, though, to refinance. And we'll get back to refinancing here in a second. But, oh, gee, the big opportunities here, the actual 
place that's affected immediately are consolidation loans, revolving debt like credit cards, and auto loans. So refinancing your auto loan to get a better rate on that car if you have one or pay it off more quickly, uh, usually you'll find a better rate through a credit union. There's an opportunity there that's directly linked to this lowering. If you have credit card debt, but you have good debt and you want to consolidate to cut up the cards and get your financial act together, go to more of an all-cash lifestyle, that's an opportunity for you as well. Direct opportunity. Now, are you finding that that's coming in this quickly though? Have you seen credit card rates go down already? Are you saying like at the secondary consolidation levels where you're seeing the rates? Uh, Yeah, I'm seeing it at consolidation levels. Yeah. Consolidation. Yeah. I haven't noticed yet anyway, in any of the big ones, um, them making a marked change yet. No, they definitely will because when you read the fine print, you know, they have to, especially if you've got an adjustable rate credit card, it will remark. Mm-hmm. So, but I believe that that's going to be a month or two away before we, before yeah, we see Yeah, it's that. like the 90 days away or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Now, mortgages might, might happen, but here's what has to happen for mortgages is that when it comes to your mortgage guys, that has to do with treasuries and the fact that during this crisis, treasuries have been bid up. What happens is it's an auction, but this auction works differently than any other auction that you and I have been to. You go to any auction and people pay more, right? What they actually auction when they auction treasuries off is the government asks who will pay a lower rate. So just to make up numbers, they got a room full of people like any auction and they say, so who will pay me 5% for this debt? And people go, yeah, I'll give you 5%. Then they say, well, okay, who will pay four and three quarters? I'll give you four and three quarters. Who will pay four and a half? And what they do is they try to find the last person standing that will let the federal government borrow money. I mean, how great is that when you got a room full of people that will loan you money because your credit's that good? That's what happens. Now, as those rates go down at the auction, the value of existing treasuries that have already been sold at auctions before, those go up in value because would I rather have the new treasuries that are at a really low rate or would I rather have the older treasuries that are paying a higher rate? I'd rather have those. Well, the people of low money in the government at high rates know that, so they raise the price. So as the price goes up and interest rates drop, you will find mortgage rates then go down. Is that happening too? The answer is absolutely. Absolutely. Mortgage rates are better, OG, but it's a little different mechanism, usually tied, I'd say, fairly closely. We'll see the Fed lower rates and mortgage rates go down, but it's a little tangential. But still, I think people calling to ask about refinancing their mortgage right now are doing the right thing. The thing that I want to talk about when it comes to the mortgage refinance thing is to actually do the math. We've been talking about this for a couple of weeks now about how Uh, we're going through and looking at 10-year rates and 15-year rates on our personal stuff. The fact of the matter is, is that it actually costs money to refinance your house, right? There's closing costs and and prepaid taxes you've got to pay and and all this other stuff that's out of pocket. And sometimes you can roll that into the mortgage, but it's a cost. It's a line item that you can look at and say, here's how much it costs. So I want you to do the calculation. If you're sitting there and you've got a 4% rate, and you've got 25 years to go, and you're thinking, hey, I can get this down to 3% and pay it off in 15. I want you to do the math and just sit down and say, well, what what if I just pay extra on my 4% mortgage to pay it off in 15 years? You know, you can do that calculation. You can say, well, how, how much do I have to pay extra? Compare that against the payment that you'll have to do with the guaranteed 15-year mortgage as opposed to the 
made up 15 year mortgage that you're going to create. And then look at the difference between those, you know, that total cash outflow against the cost of the loan. You know, a lot of times we get wrapped up and say, oh, hey, I, can, I got 4% now. I can get 3%. That's going to save me a boatload of money. And I'm going to do a, you know, I'm going to do a 15 year mortgage and I'm going to save all this time. And that's all true. But you can also create that 15 year mortgage. And I think that's always been your point, Joe, is that, hey, I can create this 15 year mortgage with any amount. You know, uh, you said it last week. You said, hey, just because you had these terms doesn't actually mean you have to follow them. <laughs> Those, yeah. That's the maximum acceptable term. Right. You know, as the CFO of your business, that was your point from last week. As the CFO of your business, you can do whatever the hell you want to do. You want to pay it off in five years, pay it off in five years. You know, I, you got to do what's right for you. I love taking the bank. But for, don't just blindly. Yeah. yeah, I was just going to say, don't blindly just look at this and say, well, I'm, I'm at four. I can get three winner, winner, chicken dinner. I think you'll be surprised to see it'll save you money. But I think you'd be surprised to find that it might only save you 15 grand over 20 or 15 years. It might save you 30 grand over. And you have to decide, is it worth all of this? extra stuff for that savings. And maybe it is, or maybe it's not, but, um, uh, it's not as simple as just cut and dry as going, I'm going from four to three. Look at me. I'm super awesome. You know, the bankers will have you believe that because guess what? Banks don't lose money. Right. <laughs> Mortgage guys, they're really smart. <laughs> Look at those closing costs listed in there. You know, all those people that get paid when you refinance the house. I think the lesson here is, is while you're holed up in your mom's basement or wherever you might be, for the next several weeks, there is some homework you can do. And while the Federal Reserve OG did not lower rates for you to make your interest rates lower, they actually lowered rates. So you'll hopefully keep spending money, money that you don't have, that you keep borrowing money. You can make your financial situation better during this horrible outbreak. And you can also focus on, instead of looking for headlines 24-7, you can focus on the things that you can actually control. I know that's shocking for some people, but you can focus on the things that you can control. Gene Chatsky here, OG, and I think it's probably going to be good that, uh, you know, I, I don't want to talk to her about coronavirus. <laughs> I don't want to talk to her about the stuff going on with the stock market right now. Let's keep it much more rule-based. This is what it is. And let's talk about the things that are going to be important long-term. Jean is, of course, the financial editor of a little show called The Today Show. She's also an award-winning personal finance journalist. She's AARP's personal finance ambassador and, of course, host of the podcast Her Money with Gene Chatsky and runs the Her Money community, which has just been fantastic to watch that take off over the last few years. I get very excited every time Gene comes to visit down in the basement. Let's say hi to our friend Gene Chatsky. And here she comes back for a repeat visit to the basement. Our friend Jean Chatsky, how are you? I am good. I'm good. And you? I was wondering if you just come by because you think we have a frequent flyer program, like if there's a frequent basement visitor program. I'm waiting, you know, to see what the perks are, what the rewards happen to be. Basement brownies, perhaps, or basement bugles, my favorite <laughs> snack, anything that's alliterative. Uh, somebody was saying, you know, maybe mom has muffins. On the, there we go. Mom's yes. muffins. Every, every fifth <laughs> visit, you get bums. I think it's you, then David Bach, and, and then uh, Jill's behind you, Jill Schlesinger. 
uh, for like most trips. But you're here for a great reason. And before I get to women with money, I want to ask you about this, Gene. We just um, last week had a, a very interesting gentleman on the show. Nathan Hamilton, and he's the director and, and industry analyst at The Ascent, a Motley Fool site. Mm-hmm. They, they did a story about taboo topics, and I won't go over it that much, but what kind of leads into your book and, and frankly what you do all day long is looking at how women communicate about money. And from their study, it says percentage who think it's taboo to discuss personal finance by gender. 60.2% of women in their study think it's taboo to discuss personal finance, while 53.6% of men think it's taboo. Does that surprise you that more women than men think it's taboo to talk money? It doesn't surprise me. It's why we do what we do at Her Money, because we're trying to foster this environment where women feel comfortable talking about money. It's why we have these women-only Her Money happy hours, because when we're with groups of other women, that's often what it takes for us to open up. But I, I would have been interested to see who they were being asked to talk about it with. You know, I I do think in mixed groups, and I've seen this over the years when I go out and I give talks and give give lectures, when I'm in a group of all women, they can't wait to get to Q&A. They can't wait to start raising their hands. When I'm in a mixed group, sometimes it's really, really difficult to get things going because I think women and men have a lot of shame in talking about these things around each other. We were talking to a man recently who had a group for men and a separate group for women, and they talk a lot about money. And um, uh, And he said specifically what you, I think, are alluding to, Gene. He said, you know, men often get their, what did he call their peacock feathers up? And, and a lot of times women don't want to talk about money with men. And so he made two in his view, separate but equal groups. But I got a lot of pushback saying that this guy was crazy, that we I shouldn't have even been talking to him. I don't think he's crazy at all. I mean, I have not been in one of those groups of all men because that would defeat the purpose, right. clearly. <laughs> but I do know that when I gather a group of all women, it is very open. People want to share. People want to talk about these things and don't feel like they've had the forum to do it in the past. I mean, that's that's why we exist. And we've gotten pushback on it, too, you know, from people who say financial advice really isn't all that different for women and men. Jane Bryant Quinn, who I love, used to say stocks are not pink and they're not blue. You know, money's not pink and it's not blue, it's green. And she's right. However, I do think we need to be somewhere where we are not just comfortable sharing information, but comfortable receiving information, because that's the only way we're going to learn. Well, and I want to start there talking about women with money, because in the introduction, you talk about an event that I won't get invited to because once again, it defeats the purpose. But you have these her money happy hours that you've had around. Tell me about these, because this is really interesting how women seem to open up about their money in these groups. Right. So we developed a party game. Essentially, it's it's we developed a deck of cards. I will show you one. This is our Her Money Happy Hour deck of cards. And we have these leading questions. Everybody picks a card. We go around the room and we open up the discussion. So here's a a card says, would life be better if you could say no more often? What can you do to change that? Or 
how does money make you feel? Or would you like to delegate more housework, yard work, childcare than you do? Why or why not? And there are, you know, 50 of these things. So we go around, people pick a card, we start talking and we drink and we keep talking and it's a lot of fun. And you said the game goes better the more the wine flows. Well, you know, everything goes better the more the wine flows, right? But I love that because a lot of people think that mixing a serious topic like money with wine... Uh, Cheryl and I started having uh, weekly meetings where we talk about our money and they're always better with wine or pancakes. We try to keep pancakes. it short. We have I love fun. pancakes. Well, and it obviously depends on the time of day, right? Right. <laughs> but we keep it short. We keep it fun. And it sounds like that's what you're doing here with these groups of women. And they really then open up. They do. And look, sometimes I think we just need an excuse to talk about this. I mean, even when I talk about money with my husband, we schedule it. We will say, all right, we're, we're due. Let's, let's down and let's talk about this. Can, can you do two o'clock on Saturday afternoon? Can you do three o'clock? And just because we have a set time means it actually gets done. It's kind of like, we know we need to make a trip to Costco because we're out of paper towels. Well, can you, can you do this on, on Thursday at eight o'clock at night? Maybe. Okay, let's go. And knowing that there is You've made a commitment enables us to get going. Make money, not excuses was a huge hit. How long ago was that book released? Oh, about a decade. Isn't that amazing? That just time Uh, just so fast flies. You say that even though that was a big hit at the time, the game has really changed for women, though, Jean. You're fighting a different battle today than you were then. We have more money which is a really interesting perspective to be in. No, we haven't closed the gender wage gap, but many more of us are the primary breadwinners. Many more of us are staying single longer. Many more of us are going to be recipients of a big wealth transfer from parents or will inherit from husbands that will outlive. And we need to be in a position where we feel competent and powerful enough to manage this money. You say also that you're more opinionated now than you were a decade ago. You bet. I've turned 50 and that just, that just enabled me to get real opinionated real fast. It is, it is funny. I'm 52 and I'm like, what the, I feel exactly the same. You start chapter one with an interesting quote, and I'm thinking probably this comes from one of your, her money happy hours. I'll read it to you. Natasha In her 30s, New Jersey single editor and publicist says this. Once upon a time, I would have said money's my currency. And then I might have said time is my currency. Now I'm at the point where I've realized it's not time that's my currency. It's contentment. And I want to walk through that because I love that. And I think as I get older, I think the same thing. But then I wonder, Gene, if these aren't stages, right? Because I remember back in my early 20s where I would have said that money's my currency because at that point, I mean, if I didn't have enough to live on and I was just getting by and I had to deal in money's my currency. I wish Mm -hmm. that I, I wish that I had the, I wish I could have focused on time, but I was more worried about what to eat tomorrow. And then maybe the second piece was, you know, a little Vicky Robin ish, you know, you're trading time for money and then you get past that and it's transcendental. Are these kind of stages? I think so. I think so. And I think what you described is 
completely accurate. When we talk to people, when we look at people who are not living comfortably because they don't have enough money to live comfortably, of course money is going to be the focus because money actually at that point can make a big difference in your overall happiness and, and peace of mind. But as we get older, as we get a little bit more comfortable with our resources and a little more able to control our own clocks, then I think we need to look at the question of what do we really want from this life and what are the tools, whether it's money, whether it's time, whether it's something else that we have at our disposal to get those things. Had I had in the 20s the framework that Natasha had, that contentment ultimately is what I'm going for, I think I would have got there much quicker. It's those big goals, right? And then it's trying to figure out, okay, which levers can I pull on in order to to boost my level of overall contentment or well-being, right, as the positive psychologists like to call it? You go through three different concepts asking readers, what do you want from your money? First up is freedom. Then you talk about flexibility and time. Those three seem to come up a lot. They really do. And I think particularly for women, when we, when we think about what does money really buy you, right? I I mean, I think where Natasha got from going through this framework is to the realization that money is a tool. And people who continue to think it's just about the money haven't yet realized that money is the tool that we use to get what we want in life. And the goal is to figure out how to use that tool most accurately for you. Some people get great joy, great freedom by giving their money away. Some people get it by stashing it in a place where they know that it's there. Many women fall into this point. I mean, I I asked this question, what do you want from your money so often until I realized I was asking the wrong question because for women, it isn't a matter of want as much as it's a matter of need. We have to actually satisfy and check off those boxes of safety and security for many of us before we can move on to anything else. But then you you go further than that, though, Gene. I mean, to your point, you say then this whole idea of as kids were taught wants versus needs, that maybe we're being sold a bill of goods there because for some people, needs and wants, there's a gray area. Yeah, for some people, there is this squishy area where we think that something is a want, but in reality, it's actually a need because it is so satisfying to our core. I did an episode of my podcast with a behavioral economist named Sarah Newcomb. She talked about how the need for beauty in the world was, in fact, a need for her. You know, she needs this beautiful, comfortable environment. And so for her to spend some of her resources in order to achieve that makes total sense. You know, not at the risk of damaging her future security, but understanding that once we've checked off the boxes, we're, we're doing what we need to do in order to save a decent amount. We're not going to sabotage our, our future selves. We have this pot of resources, at least we should, where we should be able to decide how do I use this to get the most of what I value most. And my biggest problem with this argument of spending your money on experiences rather than things is that 
although it does work for most people, according to the research, it doesn't work for all people. And I sometimes find myself in the category of a throw pillow person. What I tend to value is the ability to curl up in my cozy nest at home because that's where I can recharge my batteries. And and often for me, that is better than a spa treatment. You know, it's better than it's better than jumping out of a plane or, or whatever sort of experience you want to spend your money on. And I am not judging, right? That's me. That That's what's important to me. And I've learned that about myself. And some people would argue that for me, that nesting is an experience and, and maybe it is. But the point is to just figure out what fills you up and then use your resources in that way without judging yourself. I have a friend and she and I had a long talk about this, maybe a decade ago, that for her beauty products beauty products were an essential and and it wasn't just how she looked. It was the process of making herself up during the day, got herself into, got her into a day. Like for some people, a three mile run gets them into their day. Some people meditation does for her this, this thing. So she said, she kept judging herself because she would go to Sephora and spend money. And then she realized that when she didn't spend money on Sephora, that's when she felt horrible and nothing else went well. I think we're talking the same. We are talking about the exact same thing. Yeah. Figure it out. Like what is it that makes you feel comfortable in your skin and comfortable in the world and use your resources appropriately. There's an exercise in the book. I'm, I'm not sure I, I, I don't I don't remember what chapter it's in, but there's an exercise in the book that involves tracking your spending, not just to see where the pennies are going, although that's important, but to go back a month later and to go over your spending log to see what you felt good about and what you regret, because that's a real window into what you value. Well, it's funny. I was going to ask permission because you have exercises at the end of every chapter in the book and you have two exercises in chapter one. So nice one, Gene. That was exercise one from chapter one. But the second one, I had a coach that put me through this. uh, Actually, I take this back. We go through this exercise every six months. This is an incredible exercise for everyone listening. And it's the second exercise in, in chapter one. And it says, look ahead and it's a wheel and you, at least the way my coach does, it's a wheel, but you have these different aspects of your life and you grade each one on a scale of one to 10. Actually, there's seven different ones, family, work, relationship, friends, health, community, religion, and hobbies. And twice a year, we go through those and we rate them. And I was so surprised, Gene, at the end of chapter one, like this is a fundamental exercise that you say that we should probably all do. What are you trying to get out of this? I'm trying to get a sense of are you giving certain portions of your life short shrift in terms of time? I mean, time is our other limited resource. We can't get more of it than than we have. And when you're not serving all of those parts of your life that you think are important, you tend to start to feel it as an emotional drain. And so I think I'm a fan of tracking. I'm a fan of tracking spending. I'm a fan of tracking calories on occasion. And I am a fan of tracking steps. And I am a fan of tracking this as well. 
I have to tell you, Gene, just how powerful that exercise was for me. And I'm not, I know I'm not the target gender for the book, but this totally worked for me. We started these uh, weekly money meetings because I was scoring low on my relationship with Cheryl. And then I became my Cub Scout den leader for my son and assistant uh, soccer coach for my daughter because during another six month period, I really wasn't paying any attention to my kids. I wasn't, yeah. I was so focused on work. And then I started board game night with friends once a month because I just wanted to get together with a group of people and play games because I wasn't paying enough attention to my community. I was so involved with work, which sadly, and this I think is sad, is that I was almost always a tenant work. But it was the other areas that really made my life better where I was missing out. And that was really sad. So I'd encourage everybody to do this this exercise. It's powerful. It is. It's really, really powerful. I have to ask what games you were playing or what games are you playing? Because we're a fan, too. Oh, my goodness. Well, Ticket to Ride is a staple at our house. I don't know. Oh, I don't know that one. Oh, well, you got to try that. Have you played Code Names? I have not. You know, I think we're very old school. (laughs) We play a lot of Balderdash. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we play yeah. we play apples to apples. Absolutely. Sometimes yep. we play Settlers of Catan, but that's about as progressive as we get. Settlers of Catan and Ticket to Ride are about the same weight. You know what I mean? They're about the same strategic level. So okay. that's that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you got to come over and come to board game night sometime. Is it in the basement? It, of course, it's in the basement. Where else will we have it? <laughs> the book is called Women with Money. We walk through actually just the first chapter. And you really dive in here, Jean. Do you mind telling us about what you cover after that? Sure. I listened very closely to the hundreds of women that I talked to when I asked the question, what do you want from your money? And I based the book around their answers. So what I heard was, I want to be able to take care of myself, meaning I need to know how to invest my money, not just save it and budget it. I want to be able to take care of my kids and launch them. I want to be able to help my parents if they need it. I want to leave a legacy and give back to the community and the causes that I believe in. I want to buy a house. So all of that is in the book. And it's, of course, available everywhere. It is. I uh, would be remiss if I didn't ask you about her money. What's happening there? You could tell us some secrets about what's coming up, I'm sure. Uh. Her money is is chugging right along. We are now publishing two newsletters a week, one on Tuesdays and one on Fridays, free. Of course, you can sign up at hermoney.com. The podcast comes out weekly. Catherine and I were just in the studio today taping a whole bunch, so I'm excited about that. Really good shows coming up. And we are keeping on, keeping on. Keep on keeping on. Is that how you say How do you say that? Keep on keeping on. Keeping on keeping. I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But we're having a good time doing it, whatever (laughs) we're doing. I could tell. I could tell as I as I watch from afar. Gene, thanks for stopping by and talking women with money with us. Thank you for having me. Hey there, stackers. Uh, Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, here. Uh, Sorry. Uh, it's National Chip and Dip Day, you know, so I'm a little distracted because i got to take part in all the holidays. I know you're used to a strict financial trivia segment here. Hold on. But uh, we hold it against a guy if he mixes things up a little bit. I mean, i got to just bend your ear a little bit on this one. i got to vent. You see, Joe's mom bought these store brand chips. <laughs> I'm like, I'm all about saving and stacking the Benjamins just as much as the next guy you know, or gal. But doesn't that seem wrong? 
to uh, not go with a top shelf chip on a national holiday? Am I wrong here, people? I don't think so. And you know what? I'm going to put my money where my chip is. Here's today's trivia question. Of the, uh, the leading tortilla chip brands in the U.S., which tortilla takes the coveted spot of, uh, excuse me, of being the most bought in America? So here, I'll just, let me redo that. Leading tortilla chip brands in the U.S., which one is the top? Which one, who sells the most in America? Excuse me. I'll be right back with your answer after this taste test. Oh, oh, that one's not so good. Like mom says, when life gives you lemons, OG, make lemonade. And one thing you can do is start that new small business you were thinking about. You can start incubating it. Maybe get your presence online. Use a little bit of the time that you have to begin thinking about creating different income streams. And if you're going to do that, you're going to find yourself working with freelancers and a great place to find them is Fiverr. We work with a lot of Fiverr-based freelancers here in the basement, whether it's voiceover artists, and we've hired several of them, people to look through scripts for us. We have hired people to do video projects for us. Fiverr's been a fantastic place, but it's not just for podcasting it's for lots of different freelance areas so let's talk about finding freelance talent for your business or project finding the right person normally without fiverr be time consuming frustrating expensive it's hard to figure out where to go to find the talent not sure what it's going to cost not certain whether they'll deliver or not you're kind of taking their word for it well thanks to fiverr finding the right freelancer doesn't have to be a struggle Fiverr's Marketplace helps you get more done with less. Fiverr connects businesses with freelancers who offer hundreds of digital services, including graphic design, copywriting, web programming, film editing, and more. Find what you're looking for instantly. You can search by service, deadline, price, reviews, and more. If you don't think you're going to find it anywhere else, just look at look at Fiverr. You're like, I wonder if somebody does this. Mm, probably going to find somebody that does that thing uh, that you need. 24-7 customer service, quality talent you can count on, and sellers have worked with some of the most influential brands in the world. So take five and do what we did. Check out Fiverr.com, and you're going to get 10% off your first order because you're a stacker by using our code SB. It's so easy. Don't waste any more time and get the service you deserve by going to F-I-V-E-R-R.com, code SB. Fiverr, it starts here. Welcome back, uh, dip lovers, Jip and dip lovers. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. So uh, let me ask you this. Which side of the chip and dip do you fall on? Uh, you know, not, not following me? See, some of us are more intelligent folks recognize the chip for what it really is. I mean, sure, the chip needs to be delicious and salted just the right amount. But, you know, in reality, chip is pretty much just like a transport vehicle just a mechanism for joe's mom's dip you put that bad boy down in the guac you're scooping just as much mole as chip can structurally hold structure of the chip's pretty important too uh you know structure and like the salt content but really it's just got to get that green slop into your face as fast as possible i know there's at least one of you out there who merely accent the chip with just like a light grazing of dip my God, you heathens. You're doing it wrong. But I shouldn't make fun because that just means I get more dip for myself 
<laughs> On second thought, hey, Steve, uh, when we, we can cut that part out, right? Let's take it right out of there. All right, yeah, the, the whole part about being a chip and a dip fiend. Yeah, okay, good, thanks. Thanks, buddy. Three, two, one. Okay, here we're back. Hey, folks, I'm Doug, and nothing special for this side of the trivia, so, uh, you know, let's just get right to your question. Here's what I asked before the break. Which tortilla chip is the most bought in America? The answer, Doritos. According to a 2017 report, the company pulled in a cool $1.48 billion that year. I bet a year's worth of nacho cheese. That number has only gone up. That's enough for me. I got to dip out. See ya. That's real good. That's real good. Now, good dip. I think that's a technicality. I think they are. A tortilla chip. It's just covered in stuff, OG. It's a tortilla chip covered in stuff. I think you're a tortilla covered in stuff. <laughs> I, I feel like one, although you're the one that needs the shower. Just saying. Just saying. Hey, let's uh, throw out the Haven Lifeline <laughs> and tackle some of life's most important questions. Our friends, there's ever a time to talk about term life insurance, it's now. Our friends at Haven Life Insurance Agency, they put what you value first, OG. Is it family time and hanging out in the basement? Uh, yeah, you know, it's just another day as usual for me. So <laughs> that's why they may buy quality term and life insurance. Actually simple. Head to stackybenjamins.com forward slash Haven life. Now to get a free quote. The cool thing here is I never thought about this. You don't have to wait several weeks for a decision with Haven life. Also for a lot of people, they don't have to worry about the medical exam stuff, <laughs> which imagine right now going to a hospital to try to get a medical exam for your insurance or having somebody come over. You're like, no, thank you. Uh, I really don't want to do the medical exam. Uh, the application's simple online. And in most cases, you're going to get an instant coverage decision. Prices are affordable. They're offered by Mass Mutual, more than 160 years old. Today, we're going to throw out the lifeline to Phil, who had this comment in our basement Facebook group, OG. And I thought we'd dive into this one today. He says, good morning. My wife and I decided last year to pursue a home equity line of credit to make home improvements. We took out 50000 The beginning rate is 5.65% with a maximum rate of 11%. We have 25 years to pay the home equity line of credit off. Here's our challenge. We have 23 years left on our mortgage, and we promised ourselves we'd not do a remortgage to pay for the home improvements since we'd have to finance the closing costs. But then I got to thinking, if I can get a loan to refinance at 3.99 for 20 years, hopefully, doesn't it make sense to refinance? I don't have a math mind, but over the course of time, it seems like we'd save more than the closing costs. Thanks for your thoughts or suggestions. Well, Phil, we thought this was important enough, especially since our headline today was about mortgages. You think that's a good strategy, OG? Well, it's just like what we talked about 10, 15 minutes ago. It's going to be unique to you. Every state's a little different in this. What I found out, so I live in Texas. In Texas, you can only do one type of cash out type deal for your home in a 12-month period. The second thing is, so he's got a home equity loan and a primary. I also found out that in Texas anyway, this is what I was told, if you put those together, that's considered cash out. And you can never do another home equity loan again oh, man. on that house. To get cash out, you have to refinance that whole deal again because that's the cash out loan. Yeah, Does that right. make sense? Right. 
every state's a little different on how they handle that. So one, you got to be aware of that. And then secondly, you're absolutely right. You could save interest on doing it. You can ask the bank right now if they can recast that home equity loan. You can ask them and say, hey, you know, the rates were 6% when I got this thing a year ago. What's your best deal now? We just redid our home equity line of credit and uh, kind of the same deal. We're about 5% or something like that, five and a quarter, I think. And it went down to four uh, with no closing costs. So that might be a solution also. You can kind of meet them halfway. But don't discount the opportunity that you have to just make up your own loan program. A lot of this really just ultimately boils down to how are you best? I know for me, if I have an obligation, I make sure it happens. I'm going to pay my bills. I'm going to make sure that you know my employees are paid. I'm going to take care of everything else before I take care of me. I also know myself that if I've got a way out, I'm going to take it. So if I've got a 30-year loan, that's 2000 a month but I want to pay it off in 15 years and I get any sort of stress in my life, I'm just going to go back to that $2,000 payment. But if I've got a 15-year loan that's $3,000 a month, my whole thought process revolves around that. And so I accomplish it more quickly on my, uh, you know, for myself. That's just how I, how I think about money in my personal life. So it's a multifaceted question and you can figure this out. You know, hey, I'm not a math guy. Bull crap. You can just do all the payments, figure out your payment, multiply by how many payments you got left recalculate it with the new rate and see if you save any money. Yeah. And there's lots of calculators out there. I mean, you know, don't fall into one of these mortgage calculators where they ask you for all of your personal information so you can use the damn calculator. I was just looking at refinancing our house here recently. And I just went back to the same old uh, bank rate calculator, but there's plenty of places out there for you to do the math. Thanks to Phil for that question. That was in our basement Facebook group. If you've got a question, you can, uh, Head there if you want, but if you really want to go to the head of the class, you had a T-shirt. People s- send us a voicemail. Uh, but even so, you go right to we the head keep, of the class. We got to keep Brad employed. We got all these T-shirts. <laughs> we need to get rid of them. You know, take one for the team. It doesn't have to be fancy. I know. Man, we see. We, the problem is that people got a little cute, Joe. Yes. And when people got cute, you okay. know, it scared off normal people. So you don't it have did. to be cute. No. Just ask your question. We'll send you a code. Brad's happy. He gets to make more t-shirts. That's right. People helping people. Let's keep small businesses alive. Brad Lark's business. And if you think, by the way, that's us selling t-shirts, I would love to to show you how much money we make on t-shirts because it is zero. Well, we don't make any money on t-shirts because we're giving them away. I know. So. I, know. I know. It's great. Uh, com forward slash voicemail for more. By the way, during this crisis, OG and his team are open for business. I know there's a lot of people that are worried and want to talk to somebody face-to-face rather than even call the Haven Lifeline. To talk to OG about your long-term financial situation, it's uh, stackybenjamins.com forward slash OG. All right, that's going to do it for today. Doug, you got it from here, my friend. What should we have learned today? So what should we have learned today? First, take a lesson from Gene. Ladies and men, the game has changed. It's time to figure out how you manage your money better and take charge. Second, take a lesson from our headlines. Even in negative situations, always look for the silver lining. You could just end up saving yourself a few Benjamins. But the big takeaway? Always question it when Joe's mom wants to share a bowl of salsa. She never shares. Where do you even find extra spicy salsa at Walmart? Hot! Woo! Milk! Anyone, I need some milk! Give me the leche! 
All right, am I, can I be done here? Because I just, I can't even feel my lips. Special thanks to Jean Chatsky. You can find more from Jean at her site, jeanchatsky.com, or through our show notes at stackingbenjamins.com. You can also check out hermoney.com for a whole community of women working together to achieve more. This show is created by Joe Saul produced by Richie Rutter-Reese, and engineered by the amazing Steve Stewart. Online, visit us on Twitter at SBenjamin'sCast or on our Facebook page. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I'm a lot deeper than you realize. In fact, sometimes I just stand in front of my mirror and reflect. SB Podcasts may receive payment on the show from sponsors and guests in the form of books, giveaway items, discounts, or other remunerations. That's a big word. There's no way you take advice from these dorks, but like Joe's mom always says, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only. And before making any financial decisions, consult with a real financial advisor. Well, so I have a little bit that I want to get off my chest also, but mine is not going to be anywhere near what yours is. So do you want the hammer or should we go with the like pillow pet first? That's the question. Maybe right? maybe you should go first. Remember when you were a kid, this is something that for anybody who is under, I'm going to say probably 30, you will not know the answer to this question. But I think it provides some historical context. So when you were a kid, Joe, and you were sitting there watching cartoons or, or the television program was on, and there was the little scrawl at the bottom of the screen, you know, the little, the little thing that goes across the bottom of the screen, what was that reserved for? Tornadoes. And what preceded that? There was usually uh, like a bop, bop, bop noise or beep, 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 beep. Yeah, some kind of alert tone, right? Yes. And, and you would go like, oh. I got to pay attention. Yes. Right? Tornado, Bay County. You're like, oh, that's me. Right. And so the, the whole like thing across the bottom of the screen was designed to call your attention to something. Nowadays, of course, everything has the thing at the bottom. So when did it become the norm? So when you flip on the news, right, you're watching the weather channel, you're watching the news, you're watching the sports center, everything's got like the little thing at the bottom now, right? Yeah. So when did that become the norm? I would say um, when 24-7 news coverage began. Okay. All right. I will accept that as a decent answer, but a very specific time. And when I say it, you'll go, oh, yeah, no kidding. Very specific, maybe event that required everybody's immediate national attention. 9-11. Bingo. 
And it made sense, right? Because it was like they couldn't get the news out fast enough with all of that stuff going on. And I don't know what came first, 24-7 news or 9-11, but I do know that that little crawl at the bottom appeared on 9-11, which made sense because that's what we're all conditioned to do, right? Pay attention to the thing. This is the emergency, right? Here's the news. Here's the stuff you got to be aware of. And it never disappeared. In the Super Bowl, you may have recognized that when they presented the Super Bowl, I think Fox had the Super Bowl, when they presented it, they did it with nothing on the screen other than the score. And if you go back and watch ESPN today, because they're doing all these old classic games and stuff like that, you'll see sometimes they just have the score. But now you watch a ball game, any kind of game, and what do you get? You get score, Constant time, play everything. clock, timeouts, down, distance, yards remaining, the yellow line that tells you how far you got to go, the name of the quarterback that's on the field, the play formation, the guy drawn all over the place. It is constant, just in-your-face information. And it's so over the top. When you watch the news today, and I'm not trying to make light of any of this stuff because it's pretty serious. We recognize that. I don't know about your news, but in Dallas, our news has the two newscasters sitting on opposite sides of your screen because they got to be six feet apart. And then a big graphic behind them that's in... CDC red with this floating amoeba that says coronavirus through the whole newscast. The whole thing is all about, you know, this crazy stuff that's going on. And it's all just like in your face, 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 in your face. And I cannot find a single person who gets done watching the news or gets done reading the newspaper, scrolling on Reddit or Facebook or Twitter or whatever, and goes, boy, I'm in a way better mood now. (laughs) So, you know, there's important stuff we have to know about this. There's times during the day where you should probably reserve for kind of catching up on the news associated with what's going on here. But do yourself a favor, please, 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 please do yourself a favor. The rest of the time, pay no attention to it. I get that it's scary. I get that, you know, in different areas of the country, it's like changing hour by hour sometimes. And you go, well, but I got to know. You don't have to know. You know, it's not... To the best of our knowledge, it's not going through the air and like in a filter into your home and all of a sudden you're going to get it. You know, if you just stay home every so often, check the news, turn it off. The rest of the time, just listen to music, not talk shows, (laughs) not the not the morning, you know, radio drive, because that's all they're going to. I'm just talking about just straight up music. I found out that uh, on Spotify, I listen to a band all the time. It just happens to be on like replay and there've been a band that's been around a long time. I got a a notification on Spotify that popped up. It said, you're in the top 1% in worldwide listeners to this (laughs) band. (laughs) And I was like, was that give me some free stuff or what? I know, right? They owe you a t-shirt, man. Yeah, they do. So anyways, my public service announcement is this, turn it off, you know, turn off the stock market news, give yourself a break because it's a very real thing to get stressed out about stuff that's out of your control and then you don't sleep good. And you know what I mean? Like all that stuff just piles up. So anyway, OG's public service announcement for the day. Well, I do have something OG and it's not, I don't know if it's uh, if it's a rant or what it is. I just have to say like you, I feel really bad for people who haven't been through this before. And, and we actually received a review on the show that I'd like to bring up. Usually I don't like to talk about people and negative reviews. I get why people, you know, we're such a different show than a lot of shows that people will sometimes 
They, you know, we're not Dave Ramsey. We're not Susie Orman. That stuff is fine. Th- this review really bothered me. And by the way, OG, it didn't bother me for me. It bothered me for this person. And I'm actually not going to talk to Artie in Warsaw here that left this. I kind of wanted to talk to everybody about this because Artie from Warsaw says this show's not bad half the time. And actually he gave us three stars. So (laughs) thanks for that Artie. But Artie says show's not bad half the time. My problem with the pod is that I feel like they pre-recorded their podcast and aren't relevant. For instance, currently the markets are taking a dump. The country's going into crisis mode and these guys are talking about their usual fintech junk. Basically, it's like that. This is fine meme where they promote their sponsors as everything around them is burning. I hope not just for Artie, but for everybody in our community, because it's so fun to talk to people when either we go on the road or that you write to us or you participate in our Facebook group. The way Artie's writing, I think to your point with that crawl going across the bottom of the board, I think it's dangerous. I think looking at the world, the phrase, everything is burning and we think it's okay. We don't think it's okay, Artie. And by the way, I know, I know based on what you said, you don't think it's okay. But OG and I have been through this. This is our third one. We had 2000 to 2002. We had 2007 to 2008. And then we have whatever this is. And along the way, there have been these. February know, through April. Yeah, there have been these, there have been these. That's me knocking on wood. (laughs) Through April 2nd. (laughs) Please, 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 please. But we've been through this. And the reason why we continue to focus on the fundamentals, you know, he calls it fintech junk. And I feel maybe his frustration that that we're not 24-7 coronavirus, like the squirrel that you talked about, OG. You don't want to focus on that stuff. You want to focus on the fundamentals. When I started as a financial planner, Artie, in 1993, one of the first things I was taught was you needed an emergency fund. Every one of my clients needed an emergency fund. And we had to have a debt payoff strategy. A lot of people have debt. Not many people have a debt payoff strategy. And we have to be able to manage money on a daily basis well so that we can focus on the long term. And I know that a lot of people are hurting on the short term. I get that. But I also get that the fundamentals haven't changed. And even though the news around you has changed and rush hour isn't rush hour anymore, and there are people in hospitals and there are people losing their jobs, if you don't focus on the fundamentals, you're going to start making some big mistakes. And this time, OG, is when people make some big mistakes. And that's why we focus on Manage your energy versus your time. Use tricks using your phone. So using your phone, using fintech so that you can get where you want to go more quickly. Automate your financial picture. I, I really get worried. And I'll say this. If somebody wants to just write me and, and, and talk about how you're feeling, feel free to do it. If you're feeling down and you feel like it's not that you just want to sell everything that you're not sure where the future is. I'm not an expert in terms of being a, I mean, I'm just a guy who's been through a few of them. So I'm not a psychologist, but I'm very happy to talk. So Artie and anybody else that wants 24-7 coverage from us, you really don't. 
And I say that from a guy who's been there. You really, really, really don't. But I'm so grateful that she was with me on that island. And I know what I have to do now. got to keep breathing. Because tomorrow the sun will rise. Who knows what the tide could bring. Well, stackers, the show is over, but the party is just beginning here. You know why? Because it's Military Appreciation Month, and we are giving out shout-outs to all of our friends who have served in the military. And let's point uh, the finger right here at our good friend, OG, who spent time in the military. And of course, we know what a giver he is, even when he pretends like he's being uh, Mr. Surly. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members to help them reach their goals. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate, and you'll see all their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. They've got all kinds of resources on their site, like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. So much going on. Just head over to NavyFederal.org slash celebrate. Take a look at all the Military Appreciation Month offers and their usual offers. Navy Federal, our members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.